You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. We have a great show. We're going to be talking about a topic that's pretty sensitive to us as human beings. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing we experience on a daily basis. It's a great topic because I think it's a, it's a fight we see within our homes, but most of all in ourselves. And what I mean by that is fear is a big thing. And I'm going to start by the, talking about fear first because the topic is fear, fear versus love and, or, or fear versus failure, sorry. And the biggest thing when it comes to fear, what is fear? Because fear affects us. It's a plague. It's something that always has driven us. Is it right or wrong? Is it healthy or is it unhealthy? That's something you have to think because a lot of people see it and feel it a different way. So I have my own perspective on fear than maybe you driving right now. Your perspective of fear, it could be a healthy thing because it's a survival mode. With us, some of us, it may be enabling. So somebody might have a fear of of, of phobias such as a fear of water, a fear of flying, or a fear of arachnophobia, which is a fear of spiders. So it really just depends on what your fear is. Fear, is fear a bad thing or is it a good thing? Is it something that's unhealthy or is it healthy? Do we have healthy fear or unhealthy fear? So let's explore this a little bit. Because a lot of times when we get fear-based or we have something that comes out of fear, we describe fear as a distressing negative response or stimulation. Um, usually it's something that uh, is due to um, something that's from a threat of your life or a threat um, that might cause you to go into what's called a fight or flight mode, which is an animal instinct. So fear is a basic survival thing that occurs to a response of a specific stimulation. So again, so what I'm describing is the definition of how fear looks scientifically or through the dictionary or whatever. So but fear comes in a different way. There's a psychological point of it, and there's the, the, the physiology, and we'll talk about the physiology for a minute. The physiology is those response or that stimuli that comes from um, something that happens. So we have it in such things as a response specifically would be like pain or threat or danger. Those are things that uh, would be happening um, that would cause us to go into a fear mode. So we come out of fear to survive. So let's tell a story. This is how fear works. So if you're walking out your door, I want you to visualize this. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. But visualize this. If you're walking out your door, you shut the door and you lock it and it's dark and maybe your light was blown out because you forgot to change it. So it's really dark and all of a sudden you hear something in the bushes wandering or walking or something cracks. The immediate response is your heart, you freak out and your heart starts racing. The adrenaline rush goes to your brain and all those responses, that flight or fight syndrome comes up because you're now into a survival mode. 
So now that you're all ready to fight, the blood flows to those um, limbs that causes you to get ready to defend yourself. So it goes to the brain. It goes to the outer extremities to get ready to, to defend yourself. So then us in this story, you then realize it's just the wind and there's nothing there. And then the threat goes away and the physiology goes back down because the psychological part of it is that now you know you're not in danger. So now you can relax and you're safe. But in that split second, the response or the stimulus was that sound that caused you to go to immediate fight or flight. So you had to decide, do I defend my life or do I go against it? So then once you knew you were safe, you went, oh, that's what flight is. You just let it go. It was a wave that came through the body. So that's interesting because those things, those fear kind of responses we have in our life constantly. So just like that is scenario, we can put it in anything. So the fear, when we are driven out of fear in life, Here's the psychology of it. Is fear a bad thing? Is it healthy? How do you see it? How does it look and how does it feel? Because fear can drive us to be enabled or mobile, mobilized to where we don't do anything. So if we go to those phobias, we have a fear of water. Those that have a fear of water, if you're listening, you know the fear of swimming is so great you won't touch the water because the fear is that fight or flight. It's for your life. You know, if you go into the water, you might drown. So there's an enabling which keeps you from ever entering big bodies of water. So if I have a fear of arachnophobia, which is a common one, it's a very high one, is that my fear of arachnophobia, if I see a spider, I immediately start having a physiology response to it. doesn't matter if the spider is even near me. If I see it, I start having things that con constantly, I, I feel my, my skin starts crawling because I feel the spiders crawling, so forth, and it goes on and on. So that physiology response, it becomes a real thing. And it's interesting because fear is, as I always put, there, I think I heard it the best way, is it's false evidence appearing real. So sometimes the fear is, it's not even there like the wind when we heard the wind that made the bush move. That fear caused us to have that such a big response into our, our physiology part of our brain and our psychology of it that it caused us to go in an immediate fight or flight. So we see this in a lot of life in our, in our lives. So if we go into, as I tell you the story, and there, there's a reason of, of my craziness, as I get up to that point, is what happens and what causes us to have such an intense reaction is, again, that stimulus. Whatever the stimulus is, it gets you to drive to fear. So what we're going to explore is how do we see fear in our lives, just not because if we have arachnophobia or fly, a fear of flying or those types of fears. So I'm talking about the physical part of it. But let's talk about fears in our lives. How does fear work if, if I have a fear of parenting, if I have a fear of success, if I have a fear of my job or uh, getting fired, if I have a fear of uh, lack of knowledge? So there's, there's a lot of things that could cause us such fear that makes us not do the things in our life that we know. Because if I have the, all the potential in the world and I don't proceed to do what I need to do because I have a limiting belief because of that fear. And that's usually what the belief system that causes. Because our emotional response when we have that fear that enables us, that event that occurs, that fear causes us to not do it because we're worried of our belief system. Our belief system says X, Y, and Z about us. And we don't want people to judge us because it all comes from judgment. So that fear of judgment is there. So we then decide not to do that or go forth and, and accomplish our dreams. Because we all have certain dreams, right? We want to dream. We want to make sure we're successful. 
We want to do the best for everybody that um, wants to move forward in life. So if we have that dream that's there, that hope, but our fear keeps us from doing it because we're worried that uh, we're not going to be able to succeed. We're worried that maybe somebody's going to not give us validation in our life, maybe a loved one or something. So that fear causes us not to move forward in our lives. So it's really exploring what is the fear in your life? What's causing you to hold back if it's being in parenting, in your job, in your success, or just as an individual being successful to hold those boundaries, those emotional boundaries that you want to set in for this upcoming year? Because we're coming to the end of the year. This is when everybody sets their goals. If it be in weight loss, if it be in success, business, whatever it may be, what's causing you to have that limiting belief to be successful in those areas? Now, this is not a a new topic for myself growing up. I'm going to out myself a little bit. You know, fear has always been a constant thing in my life. And so I'm talking from not just a book knowledge, but from an actual applying it in life. Because, you know, growing up with a lot of inadequacies as far as having those disabilities that I've always um, expressed on the last shows, our past shows, not last shows, on my past shows where I talk about growing up with a learning disability, with reading and writing. So there's a lot of fear sets that come in, not fear sets, but there's a lot of fear. Uh, Now my ADD is showing. There it goes. So if there's a lot of fear that comes from that when we worry about those, you know, playing those old tapes and worrying about those inadequacies or those things. So when we communicate out of fear, so when I have those disabilities that I can communicate out of, and what I mean is if I come out of fear with those and I worry about it, it'll limit my my ability to move forward and be successful because I'll worry about everybody else judging me that I can't do certain things that others can. But here's the here's the reality of it. I might have certain limitations, but the thing is I have a lot of other strengths. So as I focus on those strengths, it helps me not worry about those things or have fear that I'm not going to be adequate or up to where others feel you should be. So we're talking about a lot of things here. Fear is one of the biggest things that enable us from moving forward in our lives. And a mental status, if I'm a parent and I'm looking at it, and if I want to parent the best, be the best parent ever, but I have fear that I'm going to fail at it. And I have this fear of failure to be a parent because I'm worried that I'm going to be inadequate. I'm going to be just like mom or dad. I'm going to yell or scream. And so then I don't want to become a parent. So I hear this a lot when I work with my clients is that I don't want kids. And then as we explore that, and I've heard it from, you know, younger ones as we've worked with them is that I don't want kids. And as you explore it is because they have a fear of not being a good enough parent or even single parents, as I work with them, there's a fear of always either being alone or not having enough um, energy or ad- adequate amount of resources to be successful to raise those kids by themselves. So a lot of fear when it comes from parenting. So those fears, it has the stimulus. So what is the stimulus in these areas of your life? What is that stimulus that is occurring to have those response of pain, threat, or danger? So we're talking about the psychology of it is that in life. Now, you're not getting your life threatened because being a parent, well, I'm going to disclaim that sometimes it is dangerous, but being a parent, you're not going to have your life threatened in in most cases. And uh, and being a, a, a co-worker or someone trying to be successful in school is your life is not in danger. So you don't have that fight or flight, but you still have the emotion or that stimulus, as we talk about, that causes you to have that reaction or response. 
So that response is, like we mentioned, it's either a pain or it's pleasure or it's threat or danger. So it's one of those kind of responses that you may have. So if I'm in a relationship and something something that happens and the stimulus is I get hurt. So the fear is either not being validated or the fear is uh, being rejected. And so immediately that pain sets in. So that's that whole fight or flight is that if I'm always going to get rejected, I'm going to put those defense or those walls up. And I'm going to protect myself very hard. And I've met a lot of, we've all been there, and I, I think and most, most people have been there, where we always are putting those walls up and being, being very guarded to where we don't let people really truly know us and to get to know the real person. Because we all have two sides of us, and it's, it's knowing the, the light versus the dark. And I've talked about this in some concepts, is to really truly know somebody, you have to know their dark their dark side of all their pains and their things they struggle with to really truly get to know their light. Because the beauty of it is we all struggle. That's just a human quality. We all have this fear that we're talking about because that's what keeps us to survive. Because the fear of health, losing our health, the fear of getting old. I don't know if anybody's ever had that fear. I do. I sit and think, wow, what's life going to be like when I start getting older? And I, it's the fear of losing our, our youth and growing and naturally accepting when moving into that stage of, of growing into becoming old. Because there's a beauty about it, but if we don't embrace it and we fear it, then it causes that stimulus of anxiety. So we always are trying to find ways to stay young and healthy, right? And the fear of losing our health, that's a huge one. Let's go back to that one. It's because in today's society, we're such an unhealthy society because we're overstressed, we're overworked, and and our food quality is is it's fast. It's called fast food, and so that fear of losing our health it, it should be, you know, unfortunately it's not as fear fear driven or um, that stimulus is not there because a lot of us keep doing those same things over and over until the fears are finally there when you're sitting in the room and the doctor says you okay now we need to change something because something's now at trouble, and, and it's till that that response until somebody says you're in trouble now then that fear hits you and then you're hitting that thing where it's wow what do i do now and the emotions hit you it comes like a big wave and how do i respond to it so there's a lot of issues when it comes to not issues but there's a lot of reaction versus response when it comes to fear so it's very hard when when this topic it it can go both ways but always remember as we talk about fear it's the loss of hope too it's it's looking at it when we lose hope in things the fear sets in because when we don't have hope and there's not a purpose in life and we're not going towards some sort of direction, then you become very fear-based in a lot of times. Because fear is like a, it's like a plague. It's like a disease in a sense of it can affect somebody very to the core. And it can become a sickness if you're not wor- careful. And, uh, and we talked about a lot of the phobias. So fear is there. The, the type of fear we talk about when it comes to the animal senses of when it's fight or flights which is that animal instinct to survive when somebody breaks into your home and is trying to hurt you, that's a healthy fear because you're going to defend your family, right? So, But the fear that enables you and puts you down and hurts you inside personally as your self-esteem, how you look. Because here's the thing. Let's talk about it. We're going to talk about this when we come back a little bit more, is that there's that box as far as a woman and a man as we're put into it. Society tells you, you need to look a certain way, so that becomes fear-based because if I don't keep skinny and I don't look this way, I'm not going to be liked. And so that's another fear-driven kind of thing. 
So if you have a fear of, of failure, a fear of, of loss, or a fear of getting old, because there's those people that do fear getting old, and those wrinkles will come, and you'll settle in, and you'll start seeing your hands getting more wrinkly. And, and it's a beautiful thing if you really think about it, because as they say, you become more wise, right? So there's those fears, and there's the fear of some people would rather, they fear public speaking over the fear of death. Isn't that crazy? That was the number one on the poll is that public speaking is the most feared, which it's funny because for some of us uh, crazy ADD kids, we, we love to get in front of crowds so we don't fear it. But there's always a fear of failure, which is huge. And that's a constant thing in our society, especially what we're driven is that everybody has to be a certain way and look a certain way. So we talked about that when we went in to, uh, to the break where we talked about the fear of becoming a certain way because we're imaged in society and we talked about a box. We have certain boxes and I've talked about this principle and this concept before. And um, a lot of times as women and men, we're put in a box and we're told that we have to be a certain way. And this comes into the fear principle, which I really like is that um, it helps drive home the point is that as a man, we're told we needed to, as a boy, a young boy is to look, act and be a certain way. And as a woman, you're taught you need to do and be this way to be accepted or to be beautiful and do certain things. And it's getting tougher with our society because it's so fear-driven with the type of media that we have out there, especially for, say, young women, that they're told you have to be and do a certain thing and look a certain size before anybody will see you or notice you. Because unfortunately, we all come in different shapes and sizes. And unfortunately, it's the loss of others around them that truly judge or look at it in a superficial way. My favorite movie is uh, Shallow How. If you, It's one of my favorite because i got a lot of them. But I love the concept in that. Is it's teaching the re-image how you see things. And that was the whole concept of the movie. It was, it was a comedy, but it was funny because it, it, and it had a good point is that sometimes we see things for how we choose to see it. So if we see somebody as beautiful as they are, that fear goes away of not being socially accepted because I don't have the ideal point of view or person that should be given. And so sometimes we have to put those fears or those worries of judgment away so that we can move forward and it doesn't enable our growth as a human being because it is only for a certain time. We don't know when we'll get to depart this life. Let's just be honest. It's for a certain time, it could happen any time. So you have to live life to its fullness and accept it for what it is and not fear it. And it's hard because the fear can become anxietous to where it enables and it becomes depression. So this is a real thought here, is how does the depression hit you? Because if you have a fear that it plagues you, and I don't know because we're talking about so many fears, you're welcome to call in 731-1230 if you want to talk about a fear that maybe plagues you that maybe enables you and, and causes it to where you can't move forward in life. And we can kind of process it a little bit, see where we can go with it. So fear is always something that is stimulating. You're having that response. Something is causing the stimulus. It could be an event that occurred in the past that is enabling you to move forward. So usually if you dig and you start processing it, you can find where the fear has caused it. Because it's always in a sense, and it's always the the old psychology when we were in psychology 101, that old class that when you first took it in college or high school, it talked about the dogs and the Savile and the Pavlov's theory of of classic conditioning. Because that's an old school thing where they would ring a bell, the dogs would salivate every time they were getting ready to eat, 
And so they trained the dogs. Every time the bell went off, the dogs began to salivate. And, they, and then they stopped feeding them. They still ring the bell and they trained them. The classic conditioning is the process where they taught them when they heard a bell, they thought it was time to eat. And so it's the same trigger points that happen to you in our lives as a person. There's those trigger points. When you hear the bell, that's what sets the fear of response off to you. So you have to really dig to figure where those triggers are to have to or to to key in and change that limiting belief or that event. So whatever the trigger was to un, to reprogram yourself to rethink it. If you have that fear of of uh, flying, you know I used to have that. I used to hate flying. I'll just be honest. It, I had a extreme fear of it, and it was funny when I was young. <laughs> I moved to Hawaii for uh, several years, and uh, we would fly back and forth to the different islands every month. So I had to learn to very quickly to get over the fear. Um, so I learned to by immersing myself into it. And then I had to analyze if I was to go down, what else is there to do? I had no control because really the honest thing is, as I learned, is that false sense of control is why we have so much anxiety and fear. Is that like if you're getting old, it's a sense of lost control. You can't control that because it happens every day, every minute. And so a lot of people get anxiety's. Because when you can't control something, that's when the fear comes out. So that's why we always we always are struggling as human beings because we're the most intelligent individual or creature on the earth that can actually process the thing of fear. Because animal in the animal kingdom, it's either fight or fly. They either protect their lives and the adrenaline rushes to their brain and they fight the the individual trying to hurt them, or they do certain things to respond to it, run away to fight another day, right? With humans, we will sit and fight and argue and, and do everything or we'll do certain things because we try to reason our way through it. So it's finding ways of doing how do I overcome it, what is it that's triggering it, and what's causing it. If it was an event in my childhood, then we have to figure out how do we reconditioning and change that frame of mind to move it into a different way of thinking. Because I have that unlimiting belief I can have all the potential in the world, but if I don't move forward and show the action to do it, like when I got on the airplane and I forced myself to do it, because honestly, it's more dangerous as we hear a hundred million times that it's more dangerous to ride in a car, right? Because you, you can't control anybody around you. At least in an airplane, you're pretty safe because it's going forward, but that's just uh, different types of fear and how to get through it psychologically is is looking at it which one's safer and you go you figure and this is how i figure how to stop worrying and, and living you know as you go through and say what is the worst case scenario that can happen here so if i have a fear response i'm getting ready to do something i always say what's my worst case scenario that can take place so when i used to speak or when i was in in certain things i'd say the worst case scenario when i'm up speaking if i faint okay well I'll sure get them to start laughing at me, so at least I got the crowd to get moved, right? So I, they can always go away saying I moved them. <laughs> but by watching me faint, and at least I got them to laugh. Or they got worried, and they'll run up. Most people will come and make sure you're okay, because that's what I'd always say is the worst case, if I faint, they'll come help me, splash some water, I'll be okay. So that's one thing. So the worst case scenario of when you're flying, if you have a fear of flight, is that uh, you'll hit some turbulence. There's a, there's a very slim chance your plane might go down. But you have to always say, what's the worst case scenario? Am I okay with that result? Because I want to get to the end result, which is get to my loved ones or wherever my, I'm heading. 
So you have to always go through and say, am I okay with this response? What do I respect? What am I expecting out of this event? And how can I control my, or um, how can I respond to my fear? Not control, because I have to correct myself. There's what is the response am I going to have when I start getting anxieties? And when my anxiety starts creeping up, how do I re-image it and figure out when I get start getting nervous on the airplane, the way I re-image is I figure out what I'm going to be doing. What is my mission? What is my purpose? And where am I heading? And so, you know, I'll uh, share an experience. And I'm just using things that I fear because I don't know what you fear out there because I can only speak for myself is that when I was uh, just a few weeks ago flying back from Sacramento, um, it, there was a big wind, so the, all the delays were happening here in Las Vegas. And so when I heard that, immediately my anxiety shot through the roof, so my fear took over. So I started analyzing and thinking the worst-case scenario. So I had to sit back and um, relax because I had a long delay sitting in the airport. So I had to figure out, you know, there's a reason for everything. Why is this delay occurring and what's going to happen? So they had high winds going on here in Vegas, so they're rerouting and uh, they shut down one of the, the lanes. So by the time I got on the airplane towards 8 o'clock in the evening, the winds cleared up. It was a pretty smooth ride until we got into Vegas, and we hit some pretty good turbulence. It was like a rotary roll. So I had to go into my head and just think, man, this is fun. It's like a rodeo. It's up and down. Woo, you know, fun, yay. It's like a roller coaster, right? So I had to trick my mind because stimu- there is a response to you. You do have the power over your mind to help it just relax because um, you put the trust in the pilots. They know what they're doing. And then you just have to trust that the equipment's going to do their, their thing. So that is the way I got through. And it, and it was good. We landed. Everything was fine. It was a great ride. Unfortunately, my uh, business partner, they flew into Burbank. They didn't have so much fun all the way there. It was up and down and a lot of turbulence. But that's just one example. So where I want to go now is why we go into the last break is that fear is just a thing. Now, we talked about fear versus failure. Because what a lot of times is that we have this huge fear, is failure really bad in life? So we talked about all the fear that we could occur, and what is it that we're fearing, like the fear of loss of whatever. But failure is an interesting word, because I always always talk to kids around the country when I go into schools and talk, or when I talk to parents, I always ask the question, is failure really a bad thing? So we, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that most people fear is the fear, fear of failure or the fear of, um, actually fulfilling what they want. And that's a weird concept. I didn't ever understand that because it's kind of an oxymoron where I fear success because, um, but I see it uh, in my own life. When I get to that point when success is right there, we sometimes sabotage ourselves when we're almost there because we don't want the responsibility or something comes up or I'm going to let people down and so forth. It can be like a, a boxer or a fighter in a ring that they have such failure or fear of failure because they have all the fans um, watching them and they don't want to let their people down that are watching them. So they have such a hard time of failure because it's a big, huge anxiety when it comes to them. Failure isn't a bad thing. If, if uh, you don't fail at something, it, it can become a bigger success because there's a lot of great people that have failed in their lives that become great success. But Failure is not a common thing. It's not a new thing to individuals because human beings, we've always had to fail. If you take the Wright brothers, for instance, I love the story of the Wright brothers. They're the ones that um, got an airplane to fly for just a few seconds. And the Wright brothers failed so many times before they figured it out. And they helped us in the world of aviation because of their 
Partist, per, their um, <laughs> participation, their um, persistence of moving forward and not failing, or not worrying about the failures, because as a scientist, they knew they were doing tests. Uh, they knew they had a hypothesis. They're going to go through it, uh, do a lot of testing, and they're going to fail at a few of them to figure out the right one. And that's what uh, excites certain scientists is that they know they're going to fail over and over until they get the right sense of of success. We have other great individuals throughout life that I always like to look at. You know, there's old there's a Henry Ford story, which Henry Ford was one of the greatest men that uh, or one of our successful men that brought the car or the automobile to pass. But in that process, we we sometimes don't realize as a businessman, he went broke so many a few times. There is according to about five times that he suffered of losing all his funds and going broke until he was successful and founded the Ford Motor Company later on. And it's funny to listen to the stories as I read his biography. It's It was interesting to watch and read it, or actually I listened to it because that's my kiosk. I use all the audios I could find. But as I listened to his biography, one of the things that um, Henry Ford, um, it was cool about his story, is he built the automobile in this uh, little apartment he rented. And it was interesting because he... He failed a lot as he built the vehicle, and then he finally got it to go, and he forgot to calculate how big the vehicle was compared to the garages then because they didn't know what a car was. They just had a house that had like some storage area that it, had, it was built on for the, the people to use it for to store things. And so he couldn't get the automobile out, out of the garage because he built it too big. So he went to the person he was renting the home from, and he explained and he showed the landlord what, what he had done, and so the landlord, uh, he got a big sledgehammer, and they broke down a part of the wall to get the vehicle out because they were all so intrigued by it. So there's always some sense of failure and in, in not calculating things because just in that story, sometimes failure can be just not knowing what we're doing, but the success was the automobile, and uh, we can always get out of our thoughts and our minds by breaking down certain walls and moving forward. It's it's just that limited belief that keeps us from moving our dreams, which was Henry Ford's was the automobile, how to get it out. And there's great other people that if you go through the world, you see Bill Gates and his success. But one of my favorite stories is Walt Disney. Walt Disney, he was one of um, another great entrepreneur that had such a great idea of cartooning. He he loved cartoons. He started out by cartooning Mortar Mouse, Mortar the Mouse, which be then later became Mickey Mouse. And then throughout his, his journey to perfect cartoons and film, he gave us motion pictures with sound because he had this vision. He knew he could do it, and he put forth. But a lot of times, if you read his biography, one of the things that Walt Disney, he sat and rented a little apartment above a, 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 a person's uh, garage, and he a lot of times when he couldn't pay his rent, he starved. He would eat soup to survive because he was so immersed and to becoming successful in the process, he had a lot of failures in, the, in his life, but led up to great successes. So he also, as a person, over Trump, overcame failures. The failures then, from learning from those failures, failures he then became a great uh, successor, which then we have all the great things like 3D, color, everything came from his, his um, entrepreneuring. So there's great men out there. There's great women that done great things too. As you go through history, you always will find individuals that are uh, moving things forward and making sure. 
that we overcome failure. You know, and it's like the story of Oprah Winfrey. She always tells her story of failure is when her first career started out, she was sleeping in her car trying to make sure she can, you know, get her dreams to come to pass. But she didn't ever, she never gave up on them because she knew she was meant for great things. And we all sometimes, all of us have to know what is really, what is our internal purpose? Where are we moving to? Where are we going? And why is it? Because if it becomes mundane, if you be, if you settle for mediocrity, that's okay. And what I be my mediocrity, and there's nothing wrong with it, is just going to work, doing your own thing, making sure you're okay because anybody can be successful if they choose to. It doesn't matter where you came out of because all the individuals I talked about, they came out of poverty. They came out of not a lot of money. You're the one that charts the success of your future. It is your power to put forth and, and, not over, and overcome the fears, those blocks that set in your way of moving forward. Just like um, our our uh, Grand Bell, Tom, or uh, the individual that created the light, uh, Alexander Grand Bell thing. Or no, he was the phone. I'm now just having a moment of lapse here. But a lot of those individuals in, in inventing things, they had so many failures. They always quote, you know, I just learned different ways not to do it. And they moved forward just like Einstein, his experience. So where are you at? And I'm just using these examples and these stories to say, I want to leave you with these questions. Where are you at in your life? What are your failures? Have they been a bad thing in your life? Are you letting them enable yourself to where you're not moving forward? A failure of a loss of of being a good parent or a loss of a loved one is a sense of failure because sometimes we figured we're not moving forward because we let that individual down. Or it's a failure of a loss of job or a loss of income. Um, and sometimes it's being creative. It's, it's figuring out how am I going to pers- per- persevere and get out of this, um, this captivity or this struggle. And just like I always love the book Man's Search for Meaning with Viktor Frankl when he was captive in the Jewish camps, he talked about being imprisoned and being all the, take, having all your freedoms taken away. So imagine this, and this is what I'm going to end, end with in your thoughts, is if tomorrow all your freedoms were taken away, you never did anything, you weren't a criminal, somebody just threw, didn't like you and they put you away and then took everything away and you had to live in a camp where you could not have normal freedoms that you're experiencing right now. That would be stopping the bus in, in, a, in a roundabout way because you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know how to handle it psychologically. It would have a, an effect on you to where you couldn't go down to Starbucks and get your Starbucks, right? You have to always think, if those things are taken away, how can I come back from pr- being in captivity in my, in my sense of physical sense, like if somebody took me and imprisoned me, or a captivity in my own mind of my prisoners of my thoughts, my thoughts that cause me to be in prison, even in, when I'm in a free world or in a free country where I have so many freedoms to be successful if I choose to or if I put forth an effort. But a lot of times our own thoughts are our own worst enemies. So think about that. What are the fears you're working with? How do you overcome them? What are the triggers? And what are the failures that caused you to be successful? And what are the failures that you're experiencing that are setting you up for great successes? So think about these two areas. I encourage you to go study them. I encourage you to read things on them and know that all your failures and your fears are only ways to help you never give up. But always remember that your, your frustrations in the world are just your unexpected, all your frustrations 
or your high expectations that you have on yourself. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I would love to give you a free gift to download, but you can also email me at purposedrivenperson at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember, guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.